amongst us mr sanjeev sanyal chief economic advisor government of india and mr jay panda veteran parliamentarian can i request mr kadian mr sanyal and mr panda to come on stage please hello everybody it's an absolute delight to moderate this session amongst um, arjun kadian sanjeev sanyal and jay panda all original thinkers and uh, authors doers who challenged the the, the existing establishments of uh, normative historiography arjun your book is a great read really and uh, it does um, i think of haryana a certain way like they say no desha mein desh haryana ya doodh dahi ka khana so and the land of carps and what have you but really land of gods i mean that's a title that sits so un unassumingly and pristinely on on uttarakhand but you 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 take that away and you give it to this land haryana and you also talk about the 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 invasions and the and all that it's endured whether is the afghans or the persians or the moguls or the marathas so it's actually brilliant is unputdownable the book um before we ask uh, j j to speak a few words i have a small question for you um you know to a simplistic mind which looks at left a certain way and right a certain way and belongs to either of the camps or um monotheistic religions a certain way and the others are a certain way um do you find it difficult somehow to balance it while you write that uh, this is actually a land which has seen the afghans battle it out and persians uh, when you look at nadir shah and uh, marathas um fight it out with jats and also collaborate with them and and, and marathas collaborate with uh, with the moguls and uh, also jats uh, desecrating the ruins of akbar the 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 my favorite mogul you know to get back at aurangzeb so uh, balancing it all in a time when people really don't have time for details and people are seen as members of a community or a, or a, or a larger than than individually um how do you how do you how did you manage to write this and balance it seeing the imperialistic uh, ambitions of the various invaders so to speak hi thank you very much for the question and uh, thank you everyone for joining today uh, you began with certain uh, points about haryana and suggested that i took away the tag of uh, the land of gods or devbhumi from uttarakhand and brought it together to Haryana. Uh, that essentially has been an important aspect of this journey, the journey of the book, because throughout uh, discussing with Panda sir, discussing with Sandeep sir for a long time now, it has happened that Haryana there are certain established stereotypes about the state, and every now and then anybody who gets into conversation about Haryana, it is very easy to say that. it's a land where khapan jai sir it's a land where uh, women are subjected to uh, certain things and then so on so forth so you see that there are certain stereotypes 
pushed on haryana and time and again no matter what anybody tries to do uh, a certain section of media a certain section of academia comes down upon uh, anybody who makes an alternate argument that uh, no uh, you're wrong you are absolutely wrong here and you come from a certain community or you come from you're a haryanvi and maybe that is why uh, you say something uh, and when somebody or anybody tries to put for this argument he she forgets the fact that haryana is the land where the biggest mounds of the sindhu saraswati civilization are found haryana is also the land where saraswati river flowed and it's on the banks of the river that the vedas were written it is also the land where key and important uh, events of the mahabharata were uh, happened and so what the the important epics or vedas which are fundamental to hindu religion or indic thought process find their origins on this land and for some reason over the course of centuries uh, haryana has sort of uh, lost uh, that uh, explanation on that introduction which i try to correct with this book and that is why the book is aptly titled land of the gods because this is where the sindhu saraswati civilization uh, prospered this is where the mahabharata was fought this is where and uh, even the name haryana uh it means hari plus ayan the abode of hari or abode of god the land has been called by multiple names through the course of history bahudhanyaka land of riches dharmshetra kurukshetra and in effect this is the land of gods and over the course of centuries post like to make a mention of islamic invasions uh, the land has been scarred multiple times because of the battles and the wars that happened here Haryana was not a reason it was a consequence of what was happening in Delhi it was a consequence of the defense of Delhi throne and as a result you see Shahabad you see Sonipat Panipat Hisar Fatehabad Sirsa Karnal all of them have seen epic defining battles and in effect the land of uh, gods the center of indic civilization became a battleground of civilizations so you see afghans you see marathas you see moguls you see jats everybody fighting with each other in effect uh, making it tough and making it uh, a strange land a land of anarchy and uh, from where from from uh, haryana where is coming from so this anarchy where haryana is coming from it has shown some remarkable progress and that is what i want to say by the end of the book uh, that no matter where haryana is coming from but we are seeing a remarkable change in the haryana uh, in haryana over the years uh, be it in sports be it in media uh, be it in business be it in economy haryana is doing uh, very well on all frontiers uh, you made a mention about uh, jats and i was uh, uh it's it's one of the same stereotypes uh, haryana is a jat land um, there are many other communities in haryana and uh, the current chief minister is not a jat and uh, every now and then uh, people might want to say or there is a background note everybody has that uh, it's it's a jat land it's not there are other communities here uh, 
but it is important to talk about jats which i do in the book where i talk about how in the 17th 18th century uh, jats had raised rebellion against uh, the moguls and in response to that uh, those uh, that rebellion in this in, in during that rebellion Banda Bahadur, and then, you know, apart from Banda Bahadur, was a Sikh rebellion in Jats, you see Raja Ram, Chudaman, and Gokul Jat. And as, during during those days, where you, you get a sense that Mughal rule was a fairly peaceful rule, it was not. Uh, rebellions were happening very close to home, uh, home I mean Delhi. Uh, in the Braj Shetra, there were multiple rebellions happening. In one of those events, uh, an Italian traveler writes that uh, although. Nikola Manuchi and he writes that although people visit Akbar's tomb but they don't realize it but they are visiting an empty grave because Jats had desecrated the tomb they had brought down the uh, they, they pulled out uh, the bones and uh, put yeah. them into fire so it was uh, think of it one thinks about it as a you know the top or the most superior form of rebellion against uh, an oppressive rule so yes um, with that probably we begin the discussion reaction to Aurangzeb because uh, absolutely so you gave a very good start to this conversation by talking <laughs> about that uh, Jay what are your observations on the book so um, I've known Arjun Kadian for a few short years he's a man of uh, many unpronounceable talents yes. as we but I had the opportunity to actually read the book when it was in manuscript form and um, I was very impressed it's a very impressive debut book and there's no better person to be discussing this book at the launch than Sanjeev Sanyal who has epitomized the younger face of India's public intellectuals who contribute to policy, governance, and he has redefined the way history is written, accessible, thoroughly researched. And that's why this book um, triggered a thought in me that Arjun is following in, in Sanjeev's very eminent footsteps. You know, Sanjeev's books and his lectures uh, on Indian history, how it has uh, been miscast in the past and the re-emergence of looking at Indian history has been truly evocative for a new generation of Indians. And I saw that uh, uh, Arjun's book was very thoroughly researched. It starts, it's, it's a, over a five century period starting when Aurangzeb was emperor and leading right up to the current period. And uh, like Sanjeev's writing, it's very accessible. Everything is pronounceable in the book and well-researched but accessible and that's the kind of writing that I love because it's thorough, it's deep uh, and yet it, it uh, makes an impact. And he was talking about the stereotypes that people have about Haryana and the way he goes around busting those myths and I think you'll have lots of aha moments when you read this book. I mean we think about Khap Panchayats in a certain way and you know some of it is of course justified but uh, the way he uh, explains their role in uh, the first war of independence in 1857 
will will give you pause and food for thought as to how do we consider this institution with all its good and not so good aspects and how do we go forward so it's not just about uh, aurangzeb's rule it's not just about uh, the jars and the sardars and everybody else it's also about the lals who have ruled haryana in in recent decades and it brings us right up to contemporary times uh, i would like to point out here that haryana of course if for those who have cared to study it without going into the history or the socio cultural backgrounds as arjun has done uh, would surprise many people you know we've traditionally thought of uh, for example southeast asia being transformed over a single generation now haryana is one of those states in india which has in a single generation gone from being a, a rural backwater so to say to uh, you know gurgaon today represents the very epitome of the modern indian it revolution story right the if you look at the gurgaon skyline uh, it represents what india uh, can be and aspires to be despite some other issues that it may have to deal with i think uh, the fact that we are discussing this book today is particularly important because just this week on the 14th was geeta jayanti and uh, what do you associate with the geeta but uh, bhagwan shri krishna's explanation is recital where in kurukshetra in haryana very apt i think uh, goes into the history goes into the 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 cultural revolutions that have happened of course the political revolutions i think it's a great read uh, heartily endorse it thank you thank you very much sir sanjeev what were the parts in the book that surprised you or were there any at all that did first of all let me congratulate arjun for um, making it uh, you know uh, we sat in my uh, balcony uh, over many many rounds of uh, going through manuscripts debating should we leave the same leave that out and uh, so it was quite a journey so congratulations you made it to the finish line uh, it's a it's a it's a book that um, that is very very interesting and you've already heard that it's about a very interesting part of india that is often very much underestimated by everybody and so while you know at the back of people's minds still maybe people will still know okay kurukshetra is in haryana or harsha was from haryana or even maybe some people know about saraswati civilization and all that but still the general impression is that modern haryana is some sort of a leftover bit from the linguistic partitioning of erstwhile punjab now that is sadly does disservice to a very interesting part of the country and that's why the the bits of since you asked me which bits of the book that i really like and i like the fact that this book although it does mention the older parts it really starts with the satnami revolt and so when you begin to go through this book there are all these names that begin to pop out um that's important because many of these names if you live in delhi you may actually know these names but you have no idea who they were or why they are important uh, rao tularam for example okay all of us drive down rao tularam mark to go to the airport now i can i be let me see how many of you actually have any idea who rao tularam was put your hands up one is like literally less than 10% or only 5% so 
that goes to tell you. But Rao Tularam was actually an extremely important person in the revolt of 1857. And quite apart from the fact that he was a part of that uh, revolt, he was also a very colorful character. I am not going to spoil the story by telling you, but he did, I mean, he appeared during the revolt and then he has an interesting afterlife as well. So, the point is, suddenly you begin to read these names and you figure, ah, so this is why this person. So, similarly, you come to even more modern uh, times, you know, Chajuram, Choturam, these are names which uh, maybe in, if you're from Haryana, Thet Haryana, you may even know these names, but I can tell you most Deliites again will not know who these people were. But in fact, some of these were very important characters in the history of early 20th century India. Uh, Chajuram, for example, was one of India's richest uh, industrialists. He made a huge amount of money, I think, uh, uh, trading and manufacturing jute, if I'm not mistaken, and other things in Kolkata. Then he moved back to Haryana, where he was from. He was a very important character in the Arya Samaj movement. Again, a very important uh, 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 factor in the early 20th century uh, history. And of course, he was also funding secretly um, the revolutionaries were much, not much known, but many of the revolutionaries in Northern India were secretly being funded by this guy called Chajuram, who was doing all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, things. And I, I, I'm writing a book uh, about revolutionaries and you said Chajuram suddenly pops up here and there, handing small amounts of money to the likes of Chandrasekhar Azad and so on. So who was this guy? And then you realize, oh my God, he was like, or whatever, he was the Ambani or Adani of the time. So it's quite interesting that you finally have these people and you begin to, these people come alive. And then a lot of the things you, you, you place names and things that you read come alive. You know, you know, Karnal is actually an important place. It's not just something on a highway that you see, you know, turn left for Karnal. That many people have that impression. No, these are important places. Panipat is not something you have to struggle through in, you know, your history textbooks and every time we got beaten. Uh, it's a real place. So what Arjun does in this book is really bring alive these places. Who are these characters? Where are they placed? And suddenly this, uh, you know, this somewhat small state that is uh, often underestimated comes alive as a colorful place. So congratulations once more, uh, Arjun. Arjun, what were your challenges? Uh, where, how long did it take for you to uh, research? And um, was it an intention to break the stereotypes? Did it bother you initially? So the journey has been... If you think of it, uh, this is one community that has broken the stereotypes, uh, like, like like Jay said, in one generation. Yes. Not frozen in time at all. Absolutely. So yes, of course, uh, the journey has been, the journey of the book has been long and quite fulfilling one, I would say. Uh, because like every time it happens, you pick on a project, you want to do it, you start researching on it, you go through, you speak with best minds around, you speak with Panda sir, you speak with Sanjeev sir, and these conversations, in fact, a lot of people in the room are, uh, are those, in fact, all of the people I called for the uh, you know session today, I've had a discussion with them on or about Haryana sometime in the last uh, many years. And all of them have, uh, in a way, helped me form or understand what non-Haryanvis think about Haryana. Uh, the research began very early on. I think I was a, I was still a 
still into my early teens when I knew that I wanted to work for the region. I wanted to, back in the day, I wanted to become a civil servant. Uh, that did not happen, uh, thanks to unpronounceable names like geology. <laughs> so uh, regardless, I uh, wanted to work for the region. And this comes from my family background. Uh, Dr. Tarun Kumar is here. His father, uh, Professor Sher Singh, spearheaded the movement for uh, of statehood in Haryana. He was also formerly a deputy chief minister of Joint Punjab. Then, of course, through my family history, I learned a lot more things about. I spoke to a lot of people, started understanding nuances about the state, uh, different regions, different belts in Haryana, and how it has been changing. So this journey of research has been long. But what I what worked for me was I was fairly good at taking advantage of uh, the lockdown phase. Uh, as soon as uh, the Prime Minister announced the lockdown, I knew that it's, it's a good opportunity for me to write the book. The research was ready for uh, last few years. In fact, I remember getting into conversation with Sandeep sir in Bangalore and I asked him, sir, um, how do I go about it? How do I write a book? And he says this often. Um, and this is also a message for everybody else uh, who wants to do something, uh, write a book or get on uh, a project. He says, just do it. Uh, do not mull over, do not think about it. You don't waste time thinking over and over about over analyzing the situation. Uh, get down on your research, start working, start drafting, start preparing a long draft. And then slowly you get into uh, giving it a, into a, bringing it into a shape of a proper book. And that is what happened with me. So the course of research has been long. Uh, the writing has been uh, one year easily. And uh, then another year went into the editing process. Uh, in the process of which I was also able to, I got a fair amount of support from Rajesh sir, Yamini. Rajesh sir in fact released his uh, new book, uh, Viper in that process also. Uh, so congratulations for the book also sir. And uh, Yamini has been great support. And everybody else, uh, you know who you are. Thank you very much for helping me uh, understand what the state is about, how you all see the state. And uh, all of that essentially has brought me down. Uh, to finally sitting here with these wonderful people on stage who have helped me uh, bring this book to you uh, into the market. Thank you very much. I want to ask you something, Arjun, uh, wittingly or unwittingly, as you broke a lot of stereotypes, and as I read them, and I, I, it's, uh, I, I'm flabbergasted, really. There are a lot of aha moments. Did any of yours break one? And also, I would like to ask you, did you understand the fact that uh, the course of Indian history would have been very different? Because if you see the strategic mind of, of, uh, of, of let's say now, a present-day Haryanvi, how different things would have been. And that has really not been talked about. So one of the... And I would really like you to talk about it and shine a light on it, because that's something so, so crucial to, to, um, to our history and to the way we know it. Absolutely. So this question about or this discussion on how history uh, is written and how history has been taught to all of us um, through our school and college days um, needs a, a remarkable change now. Uh, it needs to be, we need to bring in more context to our history and have to make it more relatable so as to understand where we are coming from and how to decide where we could potentially go in the near future. Uh, a lot of stereotypes were broken. In fact, during the course of research, why I say that it was a very fulfilling journey is because I got to learn a lot about the region. I got to learn a lot about those places that you talk about. 
बिकॉज एवरी नाउ एंड देन यू वुड सी फॉर एग्जाम्पल सतनामी रेबेलियन द बुक ओपन वर सतनामी रेबेलियन एंड आई आई थिंक एंड दैट वॉज दिन दैट इट विल हुक द रीडर इन टू रीडिंग द बुक एंड फिनिशिंग इट ऑफ बिकॉज एवरी स्टूडेंट हु प्रिपेयर फॉर यू पी एस सी एग्जामिनेशन और एनी बडी हु वॉन्ट्स टू लर्न अबाउट हिस्ट्री और इंडियन मुगल हिस्ट्री और द डिक्लाइन ऑफ द मुगल एम्पायर टॉक्स और रीड्स अबाउट सतनामी रेबेलियन बट नो बडी रियलाइज दैट सतनामी रेबेलियन हैपन ओनली हंड्रेड और हंड्रेड फिफ्टी किलोमीटर्स फ्रॉम डेली द नेम सतनामी रेबेलियन ट्रिगर समवेयर इज प्रोसिबली समवेयर इन द ईस्टर्न यूपी और एल्सवेयर बट इज क्वाइट क्लोज सिमिलरली फॉर एग्जाम्पल आई डू टॉक अबाउट पटौदीज इन द बुक यू सी दैट पटौदीज और पटौदी फैमिली इज रिलेटेड टू वॉट इज हैपनिंग और देर देर सक्सेस इज इन फिल्म इंडस्ट्री और इन स्पोर्ट्स क्रिकेट फॉर दैट मैटर बट पटौदी इज क्वाइट क्लोज टू डेली एंड नो बडी कंफर्टेबली इज एबल टू पुट टूगेदर और पुट दोज पीसेज टूगेदर एंड फाइनली फिगर आउट ओ पटौदी इज वेरी क्लोज and so this is what i've done in the book bringing together all these different names and important aspects of the region from 17th to 21st century but i also take the reader further back the trajectory of the book is 17th to 21st century but every now and then i draw the attention of the reader to what was happening probably in the medieval ages what was happening in haryana during the ancient india uh, i do talk about how in during the medieval ages uh, a secular mind would want to know uh that kurukshetra was witness to a lot of uh, uh, atrocities by islamic invaders uh temples were trampled upon and uh, the the gods essentially were uh, their their statues were broken and this went on for considerably long time and very well we don't want to talk about it because our history does not teach us enough but whenever that happens and kurukshetra was that's a very important uh, you know story in the book and also a very so important story in the entire indic civilization so i bring all these aspects together and it was a very fulfilling journey for me uh, because i got to learn a lot of those things during the research and this is what i bring out for everybody else to uh, you know read so you know while i agree with all that you say and i think it's really important to rewrite and relearn and discover and explore and seek the right sources when you say something like islamic invaders don't you think there is a need to qualify between the afghans and the persians between the nadir shahs and ahmed shah abdalis ha absolutely and, and the important. moguls because they were at loggerheads with each other and also to talk about an ibrahim uh, qadri hmm. who actually fought for the marathas इम्पीरियलिस्टिक conquest works or a, a, a invader works as opposed to the dictates of a particular monotheistic religion you would realize the difference and you would maybe uh, help a people understand history better and themselves better and their present polity better absolutely so this is what i do i agree and this is what i do in the book also uh, 
you would read about Persians, you would read about Rohilas, you would read about Afghans and Mughals, so on and so forth. And uh, the it is important to talk about these things so as to keep our readers more informed and uh, have more people understand our history in proper context. And that is why I recommend, please buy the book. What, what do you feel about it, Sanjeev, about uh, this question of uh, having to qualify? Let's say ne needing, like when you talk about Mughal emperors, needing to differentiate between um, an, an intoxicated Jahangir to a, a very liberal Akbar, that is Dine Elahi, and a very austere Aurangzeb, instead of clubbing it all and saying, oh, the Mughal rulers. Well, I mean, the point is, uh, I mean, I will not, here I will not speak for uh, Arjun. I'll yes. say that the main thing as a writer is to, first of all, make sure that it is, whatever you're saying, is Factual reflects thing. the facts. Yeah. You know, the opinions are to be, and it is a historical fact that there were all these invasions. And one of the common th uh, themes of them, of their iconoclasm was derived from uh, Islam. That is a historical fact. Now, that is not to suggest that you should blame today's Muslims for it, but to also cover up the fact that there was a religious zealotry involved in it is also wrong. And incidentally, even in the case of Akbar, do be careful. I mean, Akbar did also carry out many, many atrocities. For example, the sacking of Chittor, where he dragged out 50,000 non-combatants and massacred them. So this idea that, uh, you know, Akbar is somehow a liberal icon is also to be t taken with many pinches of salt. But anyway, the point is, before coming into all these uh, 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 things, the most important thing is, is whatever you are saying properly referenced? Is it there in the contemporary uh, um, records of that time, which are credible? Uh, can you cross-reference them? Um, and so on. And that is what is the most meaningful thing. I mean, you can then state the fact and then give your opinion. Uh, sure. You can agree, disagree. After all, I don't understand why historians, uh, why you expect historians to agree on something that happened 500 years ago when you just have to put on television and nobody agrees on what happened yesterday. <laughs> Very true. And the same question to Jay also. Because you see what Nadir Shah did, for instance, and what Emma Shah Abdali did. And uh, pretty much not around the same time, but with very little difference apart. And again, uh, with the same purpose, but not with each other. And both being Islamic invaders, but both with a very different mission and very individualistic and the idea of greed. So when we, when we use this broad stroke of Islamic invaders, we do tend to portray them a certain way. But they might not be representing Islam, so to speak, but just as their own personal greed. And it just might go in today's politics to be thought of as, uh, as oppression of the Muslims and subjugation of the existing communities which were there. Uh, which might not be entirely true. So nuance, of course, is important, but nuance is like the icing on the cake. And when the cake itself has uh, putrefied, uh, it doesn't serve much purpose only to talk about nuance. So the cake itself uh, has many broad brush truths that have been deliberately pushed under the carpet. Now, of course, Islam also came to India in uh, other parts without uh, conquest. It came through trade, it came through other aspects. That's true. Uh, but, you know, particularly when we are talking about uh, 
the land of Haryana and related areas, there's no getting away from the fact that there were multiple invasions, there were uh, all kinds of desecrations, uh, there were atrocities that weren't limited to one or two. Uh, you know, it, it hardly matters if, if someone killed 10,000 and someone killed 50,000 uh, or someone destroyed X number of monuments and somebody else did more or less. So the broad brush truths which have been pushed under the carpet did a disservice to India because as a modern republic, the largest democracy that human history has ever seen, which guarantees every citizen equal rights, irrespective of religion or any other consideration. Turning a blind eye to the history that our ancestors have actually experienced and trying to misrepresent it does a disservice. I mean, that thing is that's still going on when it comes to places like Kashmir, for instance. Now, um, the, the point I'm trying to make is we never had something like a Truth and Reconciliation Commission that other nations that have come out of very tragic history have had to reconcile with the past and start on a clean slate with, uh, uh, with, with, the, with the equality and balance for all. Now, I think by, by that extreme suppression, by propaganda which was tried to be passed off as history, we have created fissures underneath our system that have to burst out some way or other. Now, how do we deal with that as a democracy is the big challenge. Uh, there are some who try to portray the realistic portrayal of history as some kind of an oppression of minorities. It isn't. I mean, facing up to the truth, as, as Sanjeev said, is a truth that happened sure. earlier. Uh, when it comes to today's India, uh, everybody is equal. Everybody should have the same uh, rights and access to opportunities as any other Indian citizen. As they do. As, as they do. So my concluding remark is, yes, nuance is important, but it has absolutely no meaning unless the vast majority of uh, historical facts which have been distorted and misrepresent, misrepresented also get represented fairly and accurately with proper research and backup without malice. Sure. I mean, simply for the sake of truth, I mean, finally, we just, we've just, just begun with, with Sanjeev, with Vikram and now Arjun and many more. Um, where do we see this going? I mean, Arjun, what do you see the path ahead? Because we're just beginning to learn more about ourselves. And now we're understanding why there are always these fissures ready to give and uh, there is no closure ever. Well, like so and said. we wonder why this keeps happening. No, like I said, because somewhere they were not addressed. No, more and more people will be writing about it uh, under his and his guidance, of course. And as and when more research is done, more things are written about it, more truths will come out. And uh, certainly, without malice, certainly backed by proper research. And there is no shying away from uh, facts which are uh, backed by contemporary research. So yes, and a lot of people in the audience also are all uh, budding writers and writers themselves. Uh, all of them are all working in the same state. So best wishes to you, myself and everybody else around. But Arjun, you always, there's always the fear of uh, having to bear the brunt of being political or having an agenda, right? You're ready to live with that because this is part of the turf. 
Yes, so it's part of the battle. Yes, you you have to be. It's all uh, at the end of the day, and this this entire cancel culture is coming around. You've got to you have to just do it because it's important. It's timely, and it has to be addressed in a clear cut fashion. I just wanted to add a little nuance. I thought it's important. In in uh, my favorite book of Sanjeev, he talks about yet another ancient uh, conqueror who had great depredations on his account. Uh, raided the part of the country that I come from, killed literally at least tens of thousands of people, including babies and women. Uh, and he has spelled it out. Nobody has got outraged. He was a Buddhist. So, you know, it doesn't matter who comes from what background. It's okay to face up to the truth. So, I think we are getting way too, way too serious a discussion on history. So, I think the more fun thing to ask is to ask uh, Arjun. He has, by the way, now got addicted to this business of writing a book. So, he is actually coming up with publishing a book just in a few weeks from now. So why doesn't he tell us a little bit about the next book he's writing? That also might be a fun thing. So that's going to be a fun book. Um, a week from now, I am uh, I'm writing. I've written a biography of Neera Chopra, uh, the Olympians. So yes. Uh, I hope you will not ask him the question that was asked of him by a. <laughs> no, no, a no, famous... no, 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 no. <laughs> You're allowed to do that if you dance in that particular same way. <laughs> So yes, uh, the book should be out on the 23rd, um, that's his birthday, and uh, 24th, and of course uh, the cover is out, and I should be able to, I should be able to put it out, yes, Yamini please, of course, can I, I'll put it out uh, probably tomorrow. So yes, the cover is out, spent around uh, multiple settings with Neeraj, wonderful guy, smart individual, very focused. And uh, of course, start from Haryana again. He is the pinnacle of the entire sports story of Haryana. So we've seen bronze medals, we've seen silver Olympic medals, uh, but then we finally got a gold. So Neera Chopra. What do you attribute it to? What is the worst kind of, I mean, on a lighter note, of course, that you've been subjected to? The worst kind of, let's say, slur or a regional joke that you've been subjected to that oh, I, either bothered you or amused you. So we have to we have to get that. I, I have been told that Haryanvi kitab gaise likhne lag gaye. So, <laughs> so so well I I made an attempt, did a correction, thank you. Um, so yes, that's that's been a biggest sure, not the first one. <laughs> so let me tell you about stereotypes. First of all, as he himself admitted it took a Bengali to tell a Haryanvi to first get on with it and then think about it. <laughs> he had to do it. And the second thing, let me tell you, between us, I am the one who smokes a hookah. <laughs> <laughs> what are the stereotypes you are subjected to, Jay? Now that we are talking about, I mean, stereotypes. As an author? Uh, you know, no, no, generally. In Rupa and Yamini have published As an Oriya gentleman. Uh, well, um, I'm not really sure. I'm subjected to many stereotypes because I don't look like the typical Odia uh, person. They, so or, they say that you don't look like a typical Odia? I mean, I'm, I'm for example, uh, much taller than the mm. average Odia. No, I think the stereotypes I do face are uh, have to do with my day job. 
which is why uh, uh, you know when I when my first book was titled Latian's Maverick, uh, it was a bit hard for many people to swallow that how can you be in Latian's and be a maverick? <laughs> <laughs> That's, a That's a good one. And you haven't told us the worst one. This was a this was too kosher. Well, this began. This has a lot of history. Arjun, congratulations on your book on the land of gods. You call Haryana the land of gods. Can you um, tell us something about the grey or the black spot of the Kap Panchayats? Because uh, I've written an article on it and I find it atrocious that it's really backward that even the youth today go into, um, you know, these crimes against women. So can you tell us how we can of course, ma'am. So, let me begin, but I'll be quick here. But see, carps are often subjected to unnecessary or at times even rightful criticism. But what happens often is people don't realize that carps are a social institution. They're not a judicial institution. As social institutions, they are to evolve. They have been evolving. And there are also some positive things about carps which often uh, are not covered in media. Uh, for example, you know, during uh, the 1857 struggle, Khabs did a tremendous job. Prior to that, Khabs were the ones who actually raised a rebellion against a very, uh, a very poor practice that was being uh, carried out in Kalanor, which is very close to Rothschild Chajar. Then, of course, during Jean by elections, Khabs uh, were the ones who suggested that people should not use uh, the surnames which represent or which are telling of which caste a certain person belongs to. So, Khabs do take these decisions as well, but which are not often highlighted in the media. Uh, I am in no, in no way uh, you know, discounting the fact that there are decisions which might not have been very popular with uh, people in Delhi or Latians or liberals so on and so forth. But of course as social institutions they are evolving, they have a history and they have been surviving, they have been acting as the central social institution for the longest time. Uh, changes setting in and of course we'll see a more positive change in the Encouraged by all governments because maybe it's a vote catcher or... Um, no, they are used as social institutions. Uh, politically they are declining very uh, swiftly in say that Kharps should be, should will Kharps be able to gather more votes. Uh, in, in recent times, in contemporary times, no that is not happening. Uh, thank you. Thank you. The way we use the name Haryana is hardly 55 years. Earlier it was Punjab, no, part sir. of Punjab. No, it sir. happened in 66 only. Not at all, sir. Okay, let I... me complete. Hmm. And you are just focused on recent contemporary and you forget uh, so many things of Haryana contribution, defense service, like 2% population contribute 20%. And there are more in industry also like Malka, Sharavat and all. And there are many more things which need to be added on. And how you justify this Haryana being just... A absolutely. Sir, I have covered all of this in the book. I have written about military. I have written about Malika Sharawat. Malika Sharawat, for that matter, was related to Chajura. Is related to Chajura. So, yes, I have covered that. <laughs> so, I have covered all those aspects. Mm -hmm. I have covered uh, historical as well as contemporary. I have done that. Ayaram Gairam. Uh -huh, that, that's Ayaram Gairam is written about. It's yeah, so what I was saying is I haven't read the book as yet, Arjun, but I was actually fascinated to read about somebody called Chura Manjat. And I mm. think he was Suraj Mal's uh, 
predecessor is the same lineage yeah and unfortunately uh, i when i read about him i was uh, really aghast that no movie has ever been made about him because he seems to be a very swashbuckling figure so why do you think like people know a lot about the likes of let's say take bahadur who is executed by the moguls or uh, for that matter uh, sambaji but nobody knows about this guy and he was an absolutely swashbuckling figure and he was executed by the moguls in the most gruesome possible fashion Absolutely. So why is it that we don't know more about? Well, this this is what we are talking about. These are the stories that need to be told often, and uh, be it Churavan, Raja Ram, Gokul Jat, all were very powerful leaders in the Braj Shetra, and uh, actually spearheaded the entire rebellion against the uh, Aurangzeb's rule. So must be there should be out. The stories must be out, and hopefully uh, somebody will fund the project to find a movie or to fund a movie uh, on Churavan. Hi uh, Arjun, I'm Vinay, uh, and I wanted to ask a question around the stereotype itself that you guys were discussing, right? And uh, typically, uh, and that is what has actually made me curious about your book. And when I looked at the title, and made me contact you as well when we connected on Twitter, right? And uh, <clears throat> so, when you think of Haryana, you know, the first question was about Khap, right? Uh, gender issue, sports; those are the typical topics that would come up, right? Uh, but how like i i have never i i'm a haryanvi and i i've been doing a lot of work in haryanvi but i have never seen the perspective which says land of gods the story of haryana such a unique perspective and hats off to you for doing that but i would love to hear more how did you like end up thinking like that uh it's very contrarian it's very fresh new nobody has thought like this about haryana would love to uh, see more elaboration coming from you on this thank you thank you very much for the compliments there uh, how i was able to do it is because of the guidance of a lot of people uh, sanjeev sir rahul sir panda sir a lot of people who have guided me in the entire process is because of them uh, nikhil mehra also uh, ends up uh, passing a few remarks abhijit tayar matra does the same so we uh, all of these things have ha- helped me to think uh, out of the box uh, think about haryana in a way which uh, rushes away from the already established stereotypes so yes arjun mere sath kaam bhi kiye hue hai main janta hu arjun ke liye bahut aasan tha aisi pustak likhna jo ki upsc ke vidyarthiyon ke kaam aata khair lands of opportunity mein lands of god mein lands of opportunity kahan hai सर एक तो दिल्ली के जस्ट बार गुड़गांव बहुत अच्छी अपॉर्चुनिटी है फॉर लॉन्गेस्ट टाइम फरीदाबाद एक अपॉर्चुनिटी है और अपॉर्चुनिटी हर जगह है क्योंकि ट्रांसफॉर्मेशन इज हैपनिंग इन सदर्न हरियाणा लॉट नो मोर हाईवेज आर कमिंग अप तो दी एंटायर ट्रांस हरियाणा हाईवे इज गोइंग टू ब्रिंग इन लॉट ऑफ मनी देर गोइंग टू बी एन इकोनॉमिक अपलपमेंट ऑफ दैट रीजन देन कुरुक्षेत्र शोज मीन्स पोटेंशियल पानीपत has its own textile industry ambala has its medical industry uh, so a lot of opportunity a lot of economic opportunities there in haryana beginning with gurgaon with that uh hi uh, so first of all uh, i would like to congratulate you on your book publishing yeah thank you for that thank you. so uh, my question is typically like a confused youth only so i graduated this year from hindu college university of delhi so there i spent my three years three years and i got influenced with that western culture vibe i got influenced with that but recently i have started working with a startup okay which is a hyper local content uh, dialect based platform and focuses on haryana specifically and you and you'll glad to know that uh, the topic which we have released right now that was a khap panchayat so i discussed it with my dad ki 
पापा ऐसी ऐसी चीजें भी होती है हमारे गुआंड में काम में ऐसे ऐसे शादी नहीं कर सकते मतलब इसमें दिक्कत क्या है ठीक है मतलब मेरी गर्लफ्रेंड है ठीक है वो बनियों की है मैं उससे कर सकता हूँ शादी क्या दिक्कत है उसमें चीज है बट हम भारद्वाज में नहीं कर सकता तो ही एक्सप्लेन मी वेरी वेल की दैट दिस गुआंड वाली चीज गोत्र वाली चीज इज योर भाई बहन इज योर भाई बहन तो ऐसे नहीं कर सकते आप ये वाली चीजें तो जस्ट अ सिंपल क्वेश्चन दैट माई डैड इज ऑल्सो राइट But I also believe in that culture as well, which I have learned and which I have, I have seen. So, how as a youth, how should I maintain a balance in that? कि मैं क्या करूँ मैं क्या चीज़ सोचो? This this is a question every generation has been <laughs> trying to find an answer. But this is a churn in the society which always goes on, uh, and this is how this through these deliberations, through these discussions, through these conversations with within people in the community. Uh, the change is setting in, and it will set in time. It's a tough challenge for you here, uh, but I wish you all the very best. Hoga, hosla rakho. Thank you, thank you so much for that. That was a captivating session indeed. Yeah. Now, on behalf of Prabhakaitan Foundation, I, Anand Malapoddar, Ahsas Woman of Delhi, thank Mr. Arjun Singh Kadiyan, Sri Sanjeev Sanyal, Sri Jay Panda, and Ms. Shazia Ilmi. for holding such an engaging session i would also like to show my gratitude towards our presenter shri cement limited and associate india international center last but not least i thank the audience for being part of this endeavor without your support this evening would not have been su this successful thank you